Hey, JT. There's your clap, brother. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Frey, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. What's up, Cam? How's the West Coast doing? So far, so good. It's, uh, it's winter time and it's 80 degrees, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I can hear the ocean waves in the background right there of you. I'm a little jealous. It is 50 today here in the good old uh, Midwest. I like uh, it. Yeah, it's, the sun's shining. The birds are not truly chirping. They're just kind of like halfway making noise because, you know, they're still a little frozen. But, uh, <laughs> But we're, so it's not like a full chirp. It's just more like a ch- <laughs> Nice. Nice. Well, before we get started, I wanted to uh, sh- shout out to our listeners and say, hey, thanks for all the people that are emailing us for stickers and stuff like that. That's uh, super cool. Um, be sure to post like on social media or whatever like that you got them or you're putting them on your cars or whatever. That's pretty rad. We thought that was pretty awesome that People are actually supporting this stuff and really listening to it. Our uh, our reviews so far have been pretty good, and we appreciate that. And, you know, if you hate us, too, let us know. <laughs> but, um, if you want stickers or whatever, um, always uh, shoot out an email. Or, like we always talk about, if you have questions or whatever, you want us to talk about something particular, uh, hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com, and we'll be sure to take a look and see what we can come up with for you. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe that we've got as many people listening to us as we do. The reviews uh, on iTunes and, and so forth on the social media side, content-wise, greatly appreciated. I'm actually in awe every week when they send us the report. I'm like, really? That many people? Yeah, it's so, kind of funny. Oh, we have been getting requests too for like shirts and hats and stuff. Those are in the works. We're trying to figure out how to get those made. And then basically the biggest part is trying to figure out how to sell them for you guys so, or, you know, get them out there to where you can buy them. So, um, or maybe we should do some contests or something and give them away. I mean, hell, we don't have any money, so screw it. Let's just give them away. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You, what are we, we going to do, get, make money on it? Nah. Uh, yeah, well, we're in racing and motorsports. You don't make money at this. Isn't that, isn't that the way you start? Isn't that how you become a millionaire in racing? Start out as a billionaire? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> well, as we get started here, you had a you had a pretty good topic that I think is pretty good one for the off season. And uh, why don't you tell everybody what we're going to chat about today? Well, you know, it is the off season and the silly season, if you will. Those eight to 12 weeks between the time we quit racing and go through awards banquets and trade shows and so forth. And all the crew chief deals and tuners and sponsors and drivers and all this, you know, moving and rumors and grapevines and everything that goes on. I started thinking about like the ownership aspect of it from, you know, who owns what sponsors, you know, it take NASCAR, you know, it came out, few weeks back, Kurt Busch leaving Stuart Haas Racing, taking Monster, going to Chip Ganassi. And, you know, they waited They waited till the wintertime to make that announcement, and they made the deal in June. All the parties, contracts, and stuff were done in June. They released, and it was just a big, no, we're going to keep it quiet. 
situation uh, because they wanted to maintain, you know, property and order for the sponsors and the teams. And then you hear about, you know, crew chiefs leaving and there being like like a marriage, like a bad breakup, right? And in the whole entire time, I'm really being a marketing and a business guy and also a race car guy. I'm thinking over here, you know, who owns what? When it really comes down to it, you know, I'm a sportsman guy. I'm over here. You know, I, I'm lucky enough to to ha- have made a great announcement with great companies coming on board and making changes. But at the same time, we kind of own our own information, our own rights and in property and so forth. But, you know, we're not a you know, we're not a multimillion dollar team like a Stuart Haas or, a, you know, a Schumacher racing or a Roger Penske racing. So. That whole Stringer te- performance or Stringer performance, you know, or, you know, I start thinking, you, you know, who owns all this information and performance, you know, and Cam, you know, I, I guess the one I'll throw at you is going back in the day when Alan Johnson left Schumacher racing and they struggled for a while when AJ left, you know, what was it? The, the quote unquote, the black briefcase and it left the hauler. Uh, you, you know, so, you know, I, I ask you what, you know, what's your take on it from, from that side of, of where the line actually gets drawn for ownership? Well, what's funny is we actually, this actually happens a lot for us at race pack because we're the data collection company, right? So, uh, there's been many times throughout my tenure at, at the company that people have called and said, Hey man, don't you fucking give that information that license key to so-and-so i own that computer that data logger and then 10 minutes later you get the guy calling hey man uh you know somebody might be calling you and i just need to get some some data off my computer real quick do you mind helping me and like so that puts us in a bad spot like what are we supposed to say like we're we're switzerland over here like we don't care but when it comes to my opinion on who owns what you know that's a good question. I'd have to think about that for a second here because for the most part, everything that I pretty much do is I'm a driver. So, you know, everybody says they screw drivers in and they screw them out because they're like spark plugs. So <laughs> when you run out of money, the driver's gone and the team's still there. So, I mean, yeah, as much as the driver is the value, I mean, the crew chief is a huge value when it comes to what's going on, whether it's NASCAR or whatever, like they're, they're the intellectual, they house the intellectual key to success. But I mean, who's paying that guy to do all that? And who's paying for the R and D who's paying for the blower dinos, the clutch dinos, so they can test all their, their widgets and all their theories that they have. Dude, that that's a tough question. Like, I don't know. I know there's a lot of that going on right now too. And that's the thing. Like I've heard a lot of stuff over the winter with crew chief changes and stuff. And I don't know. It just, I guess, I guess I'll say my opinion is yes, you worked for that company for X amount of time. What you did there. I mean, you both know that you both have the knowledge and it's, really not it's not public knowledge but i mean the person that's leaving the company like they did it so at the end of the day like 
I feel that they should be able to take it with them. And then I also feel that the person that's leaving or whatever, like the owner of the team should obviously also always have a copy of whatever they're doing because they essentially paid for doing such testing or, you know, awesome tune-ups or whatever. I mean, I think it's kind of bullshit if you go there and you just wipe out everything. <laughs> like that kind of sucks because as, as maybe as crappy as it was at the beginning, you've definitely, if you start wiping out somebody's data and doing whatever, like you've definitely burnt that bridge. Like you probably won't be going back there. Well, and that's a good point. So, and you started in a direction I thought you were going to go. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and finish. All right. So no matter what, right. So at, at a certain point, this is this is no longer a hobby, right? So we're not talking about the the local um, Saturday night bracket race, or let's let's even go. We're not talking about the bomber class at you know Speedway. We're 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 talking about professional organizations, or even let's go down to the sportsman side, semi professional organizations, right? Call that being so, promod. Yeah, there you go. You be pro mod. Alcohol classes. I mean, even over, even over in the top sportsman ranks, top dragster ranks. You know, yeah, we're still kind of, you know, people have regular jobs, but we also spend a lot of money to test and work on things to 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 improve, right? So if if you're if you have somebody that you're utilizing and they're doing a job for you, you're paying them in one way, shape, or form. You, your service is rendered. So I look at it from a standpoint that if I got a crew chief or here, I'll even say it this way. Okay. During the last two years, Jeffrey Barker assisted me greatly in our top sportsman program. Right. And if you're a top sportsman guy, at drag racer, you know who Jeffrey Barker is. I mean, he's a freaking superstar. He's a, just complete and utter stud behind the wheel and outside the car as well. Right. Anything and everything that he would share with me on anything that we did on a computer or a race setup is not for public knowledge. That's that's between he and I. We have a we have an arrangement that is not not doesn't have to be written. It's like a mutual respect thing. You're respecting him and his intelligence for what he's doing to help you that you respect enough that you don't go out and give that stuff away. Well, one, you don't want to do it because you don't want your competition to start getting better. And two, you need to respect the individual. Now, he wasn't working for me, but at the same time, I have a mutual relationship. So let's flip-flop that over and say, okay, now I'm a professional crew chief. I'm getting a salary to do a job at this company. This company would be a race team. When If I don't like the company or how I'm being treated, you just need to quit. You need to leave. But if you didn't bring any intellectual property into the organization, you brought technical knowledge into the organization, then therefore that technical knowledge is yours. That's inside your head. As I'm pointing to my head, it's not what's on a laptop. Now, if it's on a spiral notebook that belongs to you and part of your contract was, look, 
anything and everything that pertains to our organization that is written down, communicated, whether it's on a laptop electronically or or handwritten manually, stays inside the organization and that was in your contract or that was a spoken agreement, you got to leave it. It's just the way it is if you agreed to that. Um, yeah. And I think every – you yeah. know, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I totally, I totally think that at a certain point, non-disclosure agreements and non-compete clauses are, are utilized. We utilize them over here in our little sportsman organization, marketing-wise, between sponsors, between B2B deals, because you need to protect yourself and keep the enemy at bay, if you will, uh, <laughs> that, that's out there. So um, a lot of the things going on, people are like, oh, I think that's crazy. I call it good business. That's what I call it. Well, yeah, I call it a, well, flip the flip the switch. It's, I mean, take racing out of it, right? So let's just do it on a marketing standpoint. So let's just say a guy, a guy's the head of marketing for Quicksilver, and Hurley's looking for a new marketing guy, and they just happen to acquire the guy that was working at Quicksilver. Like, so obviously they hired that guy, right? He's got ideas and whatever, but he also knows what Quicksilver's doing. So is that an advantage? Ah, uh, yeah, I would think so. But, you know, I'm sure he has some sort of contract that he can't state too much, or maybe he doesn't. So so at the end of the day, I guess it all depends on how you want to word something and if it's a handshake agreement or if it's written down. You know, there's a, a lot of a lot of things like that, and then and in with the racing world, that there's so many like, oh well, that was my idea, right? I did that, and you know, but what they don't realize is 17 other people were doing the same thing on the East Coast versus the West. Coast. Like if they think, oh, I was the first guy. Well, you really weren't the first guy. <laughs> so there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. Well, yeah, and I mean, let's you can take it. Let's go to stick and ball sports. Let's go to football, really, because I think that's really where you see it and hear about it the most, right? How many NFL teams go out there when it gets into the playoff season or at the end, uh, you know, they're in the playoff hunt, and these other players have been released from these teams that are left on the schedule for them or they're going to go into playoffs against? How many times have those free agents been signed to come in and help give pointers uh, about the team, the, the team they just got fired from or released from. It happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. What, 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 is that unethical? Heck no, it's not unethical. It's called business. It's called being a competitor. I don't think if you don't protect yourself, then, you know, shame on you. Uh, from, what, cracks from that- me, what cracks me up about all of this, regardless of what industry it is, uh, it's everything when it comes to industries, NASCAR, drag racing, surfing, whatever, all the communities are pretty tight-knit communities when you're at that level. When you're at the professional level or whatever, like there really isn't much that you're doing that the other guy probably isn't already doing or knows about or maybe can't afford to do, but they already know how to do it or whatever. Like that's what, So like, look at drag racing. Freaking what? 28 of the 29 teams are based on the same street in Brownsburg, Indiana. So it's like, and you can't tell me that all those dudes and all those crews and, and whatnot 
don't go to lunch together. Come on. You know, actually, I know they do because I've been to many of those lunches myself. And or even if they're not together, they go to the same sandwich shop or the same cafe up the road and they throw spit wads at each other. But or joking around or have wagers and, you know, beer bets or whatever. Like, so it gets around regardless. So to, I guess, play dirty and start deleting shit and, and doing that, like, I don't know. It's going to come back to haunt you in the, in the future because look at how many, let's just take DSR, for example, and force racing. Look at how many times those suckers have, like, bounced crew chiefs back and forth or, or personnel or the crew chief's wife. One wife works at Force, and the other guy's a crew chief on a DSR car. Dude, it happens all the time because they're it's such a tight-knit community. And as much as they want to play like, oh, I hate this person, I hate that person, I don't see that as much as it's tried to be faked on TV. That's just my two cents, I guess. You might have another opinion. Well, I'm sure that the, I mean, let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted. There's drivers out there that have. Do, oh, well, do yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We, there's a lot of people that hate each other, but for the majority right. part, I mean, right. there's a lot of things I don't that think are intertwined. Crews, yeah, I don't think the crews. So I don't think crew members, uh, crew guys, crew gals, I don't think they had discontent for each other. I, I, I really don't because, I mean, those guys are, are the, you know, I'll take a phrase out of the military. You know, they're the backbone of every of every team, right? It's not the it, you know we say it in the military all the time. It's not the high ups, and it's not the ones way down low. It's the ones in the middle uh, that that keep an organization together, to hold up a body, hold up your structure. So, you know, I, there's drivers now. Now drivers out there, they got their own discontent, and they you know everything is not freaking. Uh, Strawberry shortcake, blue smurfs, and and Care Bears no, going agree, on. I agree with that. I, but you know, yeah, I agree with that. But but I also think, I mean, I also think there's a level of professionalism that at some point kind of gets lost, and we kind of not moving forward into the the 21st century of how to how to do business. In the motorsports level, on the high on the high professional side, you know, you got to have non disclosure agreements. You got to have non compete clauses, and, and and of course, you know, obviously, let's talk about drivers and crew chiefs. Let let's put them there. You know, of course, it's going to be real hard for you to get a driver or a crew chief to sign a non compete clause. However, you can still word the clause of the agreement for terms of employment to protect yourself and and not only as a crew chief or you know a technical advisor protect yourself over the the person you're going to work for you know i i just i I feel like we're a little behind on that side no that that's for sure true and you know with it being such a tight-knit community you know a lot of people aren't gonna say oh that's just that's just stupid why would you even consider doing something like that but you know there's actually (laughs) there's been people there's been times that like there's been lawsuits over somebody's data and like they try to contact us saying, you know, Hey, you're not allowed authorized to do whatever. Like, again, we like <laughs> we're just played dog. You got to get that from, this is the person who bought it. So, and the person that bought it could have not even, not even been on the team or whatever. Like you got to contact them because we're, that's not our situation. But yes, it is a very 
sticky, weird thing to think about. I just laugh because as I sit here and I think about it, I just think of like when you go to like Indy or wherever and like all these crew chiefs are literally having lunch together <laughs> and you don't, you don't mean to tell me that somebody's extremely smart as they are. They're not out there at lunchtime going, Hey, have you ever thought about this? You know, because they're friends for the most part. Oh, think about how many. So now this is changing and let, I want to flip it over. Let's go to NASCAR. Cause you know, I think about this because we'll just say it this way. Drag racing. Think about the top fuel. Let's just not say top fuel. Let's talk about fuel crew chiefs. Think about the fuel crew chiefs that are out there in drag racing right now, who their mentors were that got them to where they are. Right. You got I mean, we just lost Dick LaHaye, mm-hmm. but you think about Tim Richards. You think about Dick LaHaye, Ed the Ace McCullough. Uh, AJ, Alan Johnson, Tobler. and Tobler. I, I mean, you know, think about who they're training, who trained them, and now where they are and who the success stories are. The young folks, I mean, you can see them up and coming all the time, right? NASCAR is a little different because it's such a broader market in the circle track stuff. They're, I mean, these teams, JR Motorsports is pulling guys out of the Arca series and dirt track series that are just potential engineers and so forth. And they're, they're over there and they're all coexisting, right? Why are we having such a hard time? I guess it comes, we always talk about, I think, hell, we've talked about this in other episodes too. Can we all just get along? Like we go back to our, what we learned in third grade every single episode, it seems like. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say it at all. Can't we all just get along? You know, like, I mean, I know, yes, this isn't, we're all going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, but like, come on, guys. Like, at the end of the day, it's probably going to come back around. Oh, for sure. People in, golly, man, it drives me insane. Just be professional about things. You know, it's okay to take a high road and not say something negative. Well, you know, you say professional, you know, it's so funny. It's like one minute, all motorsports wants to be like, like they're freaking fortune $5 million companies and they're all professional suits and ties and blah, blah, blah. And then the next minute it's like, Woo! like, and they don't care. It's like, you need to take a pick. Like, I mean, yes, everything can't be so serious and stern all the time, but like, dude, everybody's always watching and whatnot. Like you just can't just YOLO all the time and, and look like a fool. Oh man, we're so dating ourselves. We're going YOLO right now. Hey man, I still use it all the time. and Everybody looks at me like, dude, come on. I don't even know what the newest terms are. Like I was talking to some kid who was in high school the other day and I was like, what did you just say? (laughs) And he tried to explain it and I just couldn't grasp it, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, you need to get yourself some teenage daughters. They'll treat, they'll uh, teach you words like trigger. What trigger? Isn't that a bug? No, 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 not trigger. Trigger. Oh, trigger, like trigger finger. Yeah, yeah like all oh, that just triggered me. You're like, uh-huh. well, I'm like, what? What? Gotcha. gotcha. What? I, I I wonder if Mr. Webster is rolling over in his <laughs> grave every time we take a word <laughs> and add a different definition to it or use. Oh, man. 
Oh man. But but no, I seriously the off season, the technical knowledge, the sponsors, everything moving around, changing, it just uh it makes me sit back and wonder sometimes how many people are out there that support our sport and if they become like numb to the craziness of well, the Well, yeah, what about season. even sponsored double dipping? Dude, that happens all the time, which is unfortunate, you know, for the people that work their asses off to get the sponsor and then say a bigger team or a company says, hey, I can do it better. And then the little guy. Cheaper. Yeah. Cheaper. Don't Bet. forget cheaper. Yeah. Better and cheaper. Bet. Better and cheaper. That's that's always that is, that is the thing that always gets you. That is that it will always get you because nobody does it better and pays more money. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> it's like be, it's like being an assembly line worker, You're just getting replaced by a machine. Oh man, I was making twenty five an hour. Yep, but that machine's gonna recoup that cost of you and then some in about six months. But here you go. Who who? Owns the rights to, let's just say, this is this one cracks me up, and I, I almost fell into this, but you have these marketing teams that aren't necessarily contracted. You know, they're independent contractors. They're they're agents essentially. No, oh, I can get you a deal or whatever. But yet they represent six other people that do the exact same thing as you do. That are the same demographic. I mean, it'd be one thing if one's a male, one's a female, or whatever, but. Like, right. Who owns the, like, if they, if you just had a meeting or whatever, like, Hey, I think, you know, I have an in with this company. Can you help me get a deal here? Blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, the other person that they represent is wearing the pearly t-shirt or whatever, like that you, you're like, who owns that? Right. No. And you know what? That is, uh, So now, you know, I can actually kind of speak a little bit about this since I kind of do stuff like that. So the whole thing with that is, and I feel like that's where, you know, we talk about, I say professional, right? Be professional. I'm not playing race car. Um, I'm not playing business person. Have your ethics in check, right? Keep your ethics in check. If, If I'm representing you or you want me to help you find sponsorship dollars or help you, you know, complete or navigate B2B deals or so forth. You have to remember that it's all based off of what that company's looking for, for their strategy, for their plan. So, you know, if you're 25 years old and I'm talking to AARP, you're probably not what AARP is looking for at age 25. And if you think if you think you are, we need to go back and have another discussion. But nonetheless, but if you're 55 years old and I'm talking to AARP you're probably exactly what they're looking for. So I think that that is where in times people get confused and they start, as they say in the professional driver world, they start chasing the, the bank truck. They're chasing the bank truck, chasing the money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I hate it. It goes on. You know, it does. I mean, did you see where I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, NASCAR made their whole announcement, right? That they're changing their sponsorship model moving into 2020. And those, once again, it's going to become who can, who is a little bit more creative on the business side. That's going to be able 
to deliver in that, you know, in this time. I, I, I think a lot of people, uh, and I don't know what you think about that, but I think a lot of people today, our market space has changed and we're still stuck like maybe five, maybe even 10 years behind. We haven't moved yet. So I think I think a lot of people are struggling with that, and it's going to be the ones. I hate the cliche out of the box thinking. It, it's a horrible overused term, but the ones in the business world and the marketing world that are going to benefit moving forward, and the ones that are still stuck behind are exactly where they're going to be behind. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's hard to move the needle, and a lot of people struggle with that and you know i mean and that that's not just from tuners sponsors whatever i mean that's sanctioning bodies the amount of races the cost it is to do business i.e racing a car are like the return i mean i don't know i mean i know a lot of people they get out there on their soapbox and say oh we need less races we need more races we need to race every freaking weekend what like yeah, we all would love to do that, but you gotta you gotta think economically here. You know, as much as maybe for instance in a trade, maybe twenty four races worked 10, 10, 15 years ago because there was more sponsor dollars to go around. Maybe twenty four isn't the, the way to go anymore. All right, so how, how much time we got left? <laughs> oh you just, boy, you just triggered something, and I didn't think I thought we were gonna do it like in another episode. But you no, just, we can. You, you, we yeah, can. you want to do it in another? You want me to do it in another episode? I mean, this will be the like people on the edge of their seats. No, oh, give them a little a, taste. Oh, this will be a horrible teaser. You're, you're, you, you triggered me <laughs> with when you said people want more races, they want less races. What are the the professional sport leagues? What are they doing in today's society with how they're planning? that we're not doing in motorsports that we should be doing. That's your teaser for the next episode. I mean, I'm so on the edge of my seat right now, Don, that I'm about to tip over. Well, I don't do that. Cause then, you know, we're going to have to start all over again. <laughs> it, 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 it is. I mean, just think about it. The NFL, the national football league, forget what everybody's saying. You know, there are people kneeling and all this. They are still up. They're the number one league, professional sports league in America. And guess how many weeks they have? They don't want more preseason. They they talked about, oh, we're going to give more preseason football games. We're going to extend the season. They still have X amount of number of weeks that they compete. And it is, and it's a, it's multi-million dollars. It's billion dollars that they're doing. We don't need more races in NHRA. NASCAR is looking at how they're changing. They're, they're going to change. They're going to start going. They're going to have more dirt track races that, that'll be in their near future. They're going Wait, to hell, small doesn't towns. Doesn't NASCAR have like 13 races within one race or something? Yeah, for, for real, right? The segment deal. But what was that done for? To keep people on the edge of their seat and take away the mundane, boring uh, lap time from lap 50 to lap 350. Mm-hmm. So we have to do the same thing in drag racing. All the other motorsports are doing it. We're try- we need to be taking chapters and pages out of the Supercross playbook and Monster Jam playbook. Those, those guys, they're, they're putting on a show. They're doing it multiple nights and they're putting it on in 
all these cities all across the country. And it's all in the name of being efficient and effective and giving really good ROI to the companies that are involved. Agreed. And we will leave it at that on the edge of your seat for next week's. And uh, we'll just call it next week's episode Don's Rant. How's that? Next week will be Don's Rant. We will go on a rant about professional motorsports <laughs> and what we need to do. And so, uh, call it, what, what old girl from Alabama say, you know, hide your, hide your, hide your kids, hide, hide your kids, wife. Hide your <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you as always for, uh, listening everyone. And we wanted to thank race pack and dragstersforsale.com and voice America for letting us do this and keeping us doing this. And, uh, we hope to see you next week for, uh, the latest installment of, uh, Don's rant. We're going to have to have a segment on this every episode. A Don's rant? Mm-hmm. G- give me give me like 120 seconds. Yep. There you go. <laughs> and your 120 seconds is up. <clears throat> Thanks, Later. guys. And we will see you next week. Let's put it up for the weekend. Oh, yeah.